I got the game in a squeeze. Who disagree? I wanna see one of y'all run up a beat. Yeah, two open seats, we flying at seven and path of the beach. Yeah, keeping it G, I told her don't win on no 350s round me. I style, no stylish. No Chanel, Nike track, doing roll with some waps And that's Capo in the back, and that's Swole in the back Don't need Gucci on my back, TV Gucci got my back Don't know Yo, 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 yo Ugh Ben, let's hope this goes a little better this time Take two? Part two? So fans, we're sorry that uh, we're coming to you a day late and a dollar short here We got about halfway through recording this thing And we had some technical difficulties And... Pretty much had to just pull the ripcord on the whole fucking podcast on Tuesday night. So here we are. It's Wednesday. Lost tape. Me and Goat just got really into it. Just left mid pod. Oh, fuming. Dude, one day when the pod's huge, people are going to be like hunting down that that half episode (laughs) that people are going to be looking for. Like, dude, my boy has it on a a cassette tape. (laughs) He was there. He was in the stew when they put that down. Dude, the studio's looking nice from here in... Plano, Texas. My good friend Goat down there in the ATX. Reppin' Austin, Texas. Keeping it weird. This is Boys Will Be Boys. Uh, Bi-week blues, baby. I mean, some people call it that. I don't. I love bi-week. Cowboys can't lose during the bi-week. It was real nice. Ben, going back to this, uh, what'd you Mm -hmm. do this this bi-weekend, not having to stress about the Cowboys? So... It was Halloween weekend as well. Uh, celebrated Halloween. Actually, I saw your little I saw your little couples costume up on Facebook. Yeah, little, yeah. little little Red Riding Hood ass. It was the big bad wolf. That's what I do. Uh, I told Cassie I thought you borrowed that nightgown and cap from your mother. Is that the case? Uh, I did borrow the nightgown. I knew it. I was like, that has Michelle written all over it. And she made me the hat in like five minutes because of course she did. Old She's people know how to like skillful. sew and stuff. Not old. Uh, my beautiful young women of a certain so. age <laughs> do they like that anymore i that's what cassie has calls the old people in the nursing home oh, and she's an expert exactly and well, actually now that i said the nursing home thing i think we've actually insulted michelle more so i'm probably in trouble michelle's beautiful and young and we love her to death so forget everything just fast forward to this part michelle <laughs> uh yeah so my bye week was Consisted of some Halloween, a little bit of a little bit of drink in here, um, and just you know chilling with the fam a little bit. I didn't have to go crazy, watch some football, but nap during the noon games. Didn't really care about any outcomes. Excellent. It was, it was pretty low key, man. It it was nice to not have to to yell at the Cowboys for sucking. Dude, I know what you mean. I was in the same boat. Red Dead Redemption 2 came out Friday, so you know your boy was just being a virtual cowboy all weekend, but not screaming at the real cowboys, which just does wonders for my blood pressure. Um, took it easy, watched some games with the homies, um, was just able to kind of enjoy football for the first time all year, which is nice. But it was a bye week for the cowboys. Um, they were off. Uh, and but it was uh, they stayed busy. They stayed busy. This was the most moves they've made all year was on this bye week week. Um, so we'll get into a lot of that. We've got some uh, roster moves. We've got some roster moves around the league for you. We've got some coaching changes, uh, and we've got a preview of our upcoming matchup against the Tennessee Titans, or as I like to call them, the Dallas Cowboys of Tennessee. So get right into it. 
Uh, ben, I guess off the top, the biggest news coming out of the Cowboys this week was the uh, firing of offensive line coach Paul Alexander. Um, so yeah, yeah, that was uh, that sent some waves. You know, the Cowboys don't do a lot of midseason coaching changes ever, so it's you know kind of the uh, the first domino to fall. They they fire a coach they just brought in from Cincinnati this year. Um, he had a couple comments after the Washington game that apparently were not well received by Jason Garrett and some of the company. Um, he called out a couple players and. They said enough of that. We're gonna go a new direction. O line is underperformed, and they kicked him to the curb. Yeah, and and frankly, I'm I'm definitely okay with this. Um, Paul Alexander came in here. He was the 23 year head coach or head coach, offensive line coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. He coached there with John Garrett, um, who I assume is like the worst at coaching version of Jason Garrett, which I shudder to even consider existing in this universe. Stoops of the family. Yeah, I guess so. So um, he came on a recommendation from, from John. Um, he, he came in here uh, last year. We let our offensive line coach go because we gave up 22 of our 32 sacks in the last eight weeks of the season, including an absolute debacle in Atlanta. Well, they um, let everyone go on that offensive coaching staff. Yeah, the staff, except for the OC and the head coach. Like the running back coach. But yeah. they got rid of the QB coach. They got rid of their wide receiver, tight end coach, and their O-line coach. So so everyone went. They brought in Paul Alexander. Paul has a very different um, – a, both a very different like scheme and a very different kind of philosophy about coaching. Um, he teaches uh, more of a power blocking scheme. Um, it's more reactive than the kind of attacking athletic blocking scheme the Cowboys have kind of dominated the league with over the last seven to ten years. Um, a lot of clips you'll see of the Cowboys offensive line, you'll see them like getting way out wide or downfield, throwing blocks into the second level. Um, Alexander's scheme was much more about like snap the ball, take a couple steps back and let the rushers come to you. Hands are in a different placement, they're in high low. Um, and there's been comments this year about how, hey, like it looks like guys like Tyron Smith are thinking more than they usually do. There's a lot of hesitation along the line. Uh, and when you're out there, you know, seconds matter and a, a moment of hesitation can, can cause a sack. Um, we are letting up the third most pressures in the league. Dak is pressured on more than a third of his dropbacks. We've already let up 23 sacks this year, which is an atrocious number. Um, so this is this is probably something that's pretty welcome uh, along that line. Um, I especially feel kind of for guys like uh, Connor Williams, who not only came in thinking he was going to be starting next to all everything center Travis Frederick, and then ended up next to Joe Looney, who while he's been great, can't really do Connor's job for him like Travis could in a, in a tight uh, situation. So he's got he had to come in, he had to deal with this new coach. Um, who's teaching a scheme that he's really not built for. Uh, Alexander's scheme is much more designed for kind of the giant, kind of fat offensive linemen um, that don't move very much. Connor's definitely much more of a like, technique, finesse, athletic offensive lineman. Um, and then on top of that, you got a guy like Lael Collins who really seemed to have grasped the scheme at the end of last year. He had a great second half to 2017. Um, and I actually heard a quote today that, uh, one of our, when asked about how the coaching change would affect the line, uh, one of our offensive linemen said that, Le well, most of us will be okay. Lael is screwed. So uh, obviously there was some doubts as to whether or not Lael could kind of continue his development under a guy who isn't really known for developing offensive linemen. Uh, 
when, it, when asked about Lael's struggles this season, Alexander had been quoted as saying, some guys get it, some guys don't. Um, so not exactly the demeanor you want out of your offensive line coach. Yeah, those are the comments that he made after Washington that a lot of people think got him fired. And from what I hear, the whispers of the beat writers that I follow seem to just indicate even more so than um, the guy himself. Because, look, I mean, you can – change all the personnel coaches you want at the end of the day, you know, the OCs and the head coach or OC DC and head coach run the show, ultimately the scheme and the lineups. But <clears throat> I also read that this uh, Paul Alexander wasn't getting, wasn't quite the guy that got along well with the other coaches. Yeah. Um, I heard the same thing. So anyway, uh, he's out the door. I, I, I agree with you that this so line and everyone really agrees that this so lines, definitely underplayed underperformed to what we thought they were going to be. That might've been the case no matter what with Frederick, but I'm okay with the move. You know, will we see a big difference? Maybe, maybe not, you know, maybe just a marginal improvement, but yeah, time will tell on that one. Um, we've seen in other positions on the team where a position coach change makes a huge difference. Um, Chris Richard's presence in the secondary has made a tremendous difference this year. Um, on the other hand, we have no idea what this is going to do. Like you said, it could do nothing, could be marginal improvement. Um, you know, losing Travis Frederick is probably going to, you know, affect this situation more than any amount of coaching change ever would have. Um, that said, they are promoting uh, Mark Colombo, who's a former Dallas Cowboy lineman himself, um, a definite junkyard dog of a lineman in his own day. Uh, very popular amongst the players, very well liked as a coach. He's been an assistant here since 2015. So he was here through um, a couple different regimes on the offensive line coaching side. And Mark was considered for the job uh, last offseason, um, but they decided to go with Paul just to give some experience to that uh, spot since they, I think, it, and honestly, I think that had to do with just the number of young guys they were letting come be on the staff. You got Sanjay Lal, who's very young. You got um, QB coach uh, Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore, who's I think younger than Dak. I don't know. <laughs> like, he's, dude's still in high school. I'm pretty sure. Um, so they just had a ton of really young, inexperienced guys on the staff, and I think they wanted kind of to balance that out. So they went and got Paul Alexander. Um, so this is a, a great elevation for Mark Colombo. We're super stoked to have him elevated. Like I said, very well liked by the staff and the players. Um, he was here when Tyron got here, so he has some continuity with the team, um, and it should be interesting to see if they can clean some of that O-line play up. Um, I think the hope around... God, we hope so, at least on the road, because they've all graded out terribly on the road. Yeah, most definitely. Hope, uh, at least in Frisco and uh, in the locker room, is that a little bit of cleanup on the O-line play, you know, 5% fewer pressures, and the addition of Amari Cooper will translate into, you know, seven more points. And that's really all the Cowboys need to be in or win a lot of these games that they've lost over the course of this year. So um, really excited to see how that turns out. Um, they've also brought in Hudson Hoke, uh, who's going to be a consultant for with Mark. Um, Hudson was the O-line coach here from 08 to 2011. So it was really him who like began the process of rebuilding the line. Um, so that'll be a very interesting addition as well. I like both high. I like the elevation. I like the higher. Uh, and I, and honestly, you know, we said it last week, um, would have been very surprised to see Paul back next year. Um, so this just kind of makes the move earlier and I like it.
Yeah, I uh, I think it's the first domino to fall, you know, in this coaching staff. I mean, we've not been big fans of Garrett or Linehan pretty much, I don't know, at least for me, the last year for sure, year and a half. <clears throat> and I think this is a little bit of this bye week, I think, was that Jerry going and saying, man, what do you need right now to put a winning product on the field? And he's like, man, I really need a number one receiver. And he's like, all right, boom, Mari Cooper done. And whatever you want to say about what they paid for him, overpaid, you know, we've talked about that exclusively on the last parlor. But, you know, there's no doubt he's a number one. He's the best wide receiver on this team. And then I think, you know, Jason's like, you know what, this new old line coach, he's not really doing it. And he's like, all right, good, get a new one. <laughs> done. There you go. So, you know, I, I want to say this is Jason's last best chance Andy to make anything of this team in the second half of this year because um you know guys like David Moore and other beat writers are saying this is about as thin a dice as he's ever yeah I mean the word I've read is that if if we don't make the playoffs there's going to be a serious consideration into firing Jason in the offseason um there's also been rumors that the Cowboys ownership is kind of falling head over heels for Lincoln Riley out of Oklahoma um, every time his name is mentioned for other head coaching gigs, there's always a parenthesis next to it that says favored by Cowboys ownership. Um, Lincoln's real young, but hell yeah, Texas Mike, Tech. Mike Leach oh, coaching tree and a, and a tech alum. So I, I believe he can get it done. Um, you know, the pod shows no bias, but, um, you know, we're a little bit of fans of Lincoln Riley. We'll just say if, that. If they want to bring in Lincoln Riley as head coach and Cliff Kingsbury as offensive coordinator and start B.J. Simmons over Dak, I'm okay with that. <laughs> Might as well get Mike Leach to just head coach the whole Fuck, thing. That would Lincoln be – if Mike Leach won the Cowboys a Super Bowl, how insufferable would this podcast get in about 15 minutes? <laughs> oh, that would be the greatest thing. We would just talk in fake, like, West Texas accents the whole time and just be like, yeah, boy, I tell you what, that back shoulder fade is lethal. It's lethal. This air raid offense is nothing the NFL's ever seen, boy. It would just turn into like Lubbock talk radio where they're always like, now look, by the numbers, Cliff Kingsbury was just a better college quarterback than Peyton Manning. Look at their numbers. He had more yards. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, Chip. There hasn't been a Texas Tech quarterback in the last decade that should have been in the NFL, boy. Uh, so yeah, so there is, there's a lot of, there's a lot of rumblings about that. Um, we'll definitely keep an eye on it and keep it, keep you updated. Lincoln, please come save us. Man. We would love that, man. I love me some Lincoln Riley. Bring Kyler if you want. I'm down. He's just like, yo, A's, I'm going to go to the draft. Play with the Cowboys instead. Only if the Cowboys draft me. Anyone else, I'm going to baseball. And then, and Jerry, then, and then Jerry's just like, all right, boy, we're going to get you special surgery. Make you about four inches taller. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, tight. So, but the Cowboys are not the only team that made some moves this week. And actually, yes, uh, this was trade deadline week. Trade deadline was Tuesday at uh, 4 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, 4 p.m. Yeah, something, something like, like that. that. Um, and a lot of teams made moves, including teams in the NFC East, um, and a lot of wide receiver movement, which may drew a lot of comparisons between what these teams are doing and what the Dallas Cowboys did to go secure Amari Cooper. So right off the top, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, <laughs> get it, get it, because yeah, they're filthy. I get it. Yeah. Um, Philadelphia Eagles went and secured Golden Tate uh, from the Detroit Lions for a 2019 third-round pick. 
Uh, Tate, obviously an incredibly talented slot receiver, um, kind of a firebrand, a little bit of a Steve Smith light is a good way to compare him, I think. Uh, physical, smaller guy, real shithead. Not nearly as cool, but... Real shithead. Yeah, um, you guys might remember when he played the Cowboys. Actually, apparently, I saw some stat, Andy, that... It was some advanced stat, so it wasn't like, you know, just yards per game, but that it was something like on, uh, what do they call it, like EPA estimated points added or something that he, uh, uh, Golden Tate, has actually been the most lethal wide res- or most lethal offensive player against the Cowboys in like the last three or four years. So. This guy think he's Santana Moss or something? <laughs> right? So he torched us once. We get to play him two more times now, so that'll be so, fun. So that's, a, that's a, obviously a big trade, and obviously with – a third round pick, people are going, oh, you can get Golden Tate for a third. Cowboys gave up got gave up a first for Amari. There's a lot of comparisons there. Um, ben, what do you what how do you compare those two trades and what are your thoughts? Yeah, a few things. I think the Eagles are trading for the now. They just won a Super Bowl last year. They still very much feel like they're in the hunt and their window is open. And they maybe closer to saying, hey, we're a piece away. And so them trading a third rounder for an expiring contract is Golden Tate. Re- this is effectively a rental. Yeah, this is a rental. I mean, Golden Tate's contract's up at the end of the year. He's 31 years old as well, so you're not about to shell out big money. He's about probably the last year, two, or three max of productivity. I'd, I'd, would you be shocked if they signed him after this year? Yeah. I mean, he's going to – someone will give him money. I mean, he's been a really productive slot guy. I think the Eagles are just trying to do something to fix their offense this year, a lot like the Cowboys, and I think it's a good move for them. Um, I'm just saying why it went for a third and why Golden Tate, if you look at him and Amari's numbers, Tate's have been um, better this year, there's no doubt. Uh, but Amari Cooper's 24. You have him for a year and a half at least, and like I said, Tate's 31. The Cowboys are trading for the future. And the Eagles are trading for the now. That's that's the difference in price right there. Agreed. Um, also, I'll just I'll just add I'll, I'll piggyback onto that. Totally agree with everything you just said. Um, the other thing about Tate is that uh, in that Giants offense, they're getting or the Lions offense, they're getting in the ball all the time, twenty four seven. Um, he sees a ton of targets, and there's 24% a very four percent of targets. Yeah, so there's a ton of there's a there's a large chance that Golden Tate puts up better stats this year than. Amari Cooper that wouldn't totally shock me um but in games where the Raiders actually got Amari Cooper the ball where he had 10 or more targets he's been amazing too so he he averages 115 yards a game uh whenever the Raiders get him 10 or more targets in a game so the guy is incredibly productive um and again 24 years old um more of the build of a true number one wide receiver can play on the outside he's got the physicality and the size to to play out there um, whereas the lions, you know, obviously they're going to use him more in the slot. He's going to be a, I don't think you'll see him get, if you're all I'll say is if you're a fantasy owner of, uh, golden Tate, I, I think this is a bad that. move for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like this is not, he's not going to get 24% of the targets from Carson Wentz. I'm telling no, you right now. And he'll have productive days, but they got, he's still behind Alshon and Ertz in that. Exactly. Scene. Exactly. So. so great piece for them. Um, but it is a rental, and he's uh, got a cool Beasley on steroids for real. Agreed. Just, totally agree. Route runner doesn't drop anything. And let's, and let's remember the Eagles, this was not their guy, right? Like they were after Amari first. 
They wanted Amari. They were willing to give up a Bro, second for Amari. Eagles have been in talks with like they were in talks for Carlos Hyde before he got traded. They were in talks for Le'Veon Bell when that seemed like it was going to be a deal. They've been in talks for Cooper. They were Demarius um, Thomas. DT. I mean, they pretty much know that they want to beef up that offense. They've had some injuries and they just haven't really. Well, it worked out. last year, right? Like they went out, they got Jai. It paid yeah. off. So here we are. So it'll be interesting to see. We definitely we still play Philly two times this year. Um, so we'll be seeing Golden Tate again. He had a tremendous day against Dallas, against the Lions. Um, the one snap yeah. of dime defense we play, and he gets the only snap of Jordan Lewis's day and torches him. But um, I think it'll be interesting. I think it's a good piece for the Eagles, but I'm glad we got our guy. I'll say that. Yes. Um, other moves, the Redskins, who – also won this weekend. They beat the Giants. God, how bad are the Giants, man? Uh, fire the Giants may be the worst team in the NFL. They have the worst record tied with San Fran and somebody else. It's bad. Um, it's really, really bad. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't really so, know. The Redskins, anyway, took down the Giants with relative ease. And they decided that their defense, by the way, their run defenses in Phillies are about the best in the NFL. I think that's a big reflection of them watching the Cowboys build a great O-line and running back over the last five years. And they decided, man, we're going to use some high picks on this front seven. Yeah, and, and, that, and their that. front seven is is dirty. I'll give them yeah. that. They got great linebackers. They got a tremendous defensive line in Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen. Um yeah, and their corners aren't bad, and now they just added HaHa ha Clinton Dix, uh, the safety from the Green Bay Packers. Really surprised the Packers made this move. You know and that that part, I'm certain. Like when it happened, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so upset by this!" Like now they got Swearinger and HaHa. Ha, like what a two, what a duo. Um, and the Packers are still definitely in the hunt for the playoffs. Uh, normally, when you see teams like trade off assets like this, it's like a Giants style thing where it's like, "Okay, we're rebuilding this team." Um, Haha has had some struggles this year on, on tape. I checked it out. I heard that. Um, started looking. He's had some picks. He's had some takeaways, but he's taken some chances yeah, and gotten burned. You, people say you take the good and the bad with him from people I, I saw breaking down his film, saying his One, good uh, is good and his bad is noticeable. <laughs> Packers Packers uh, fans that I saw talking about it, and this could be them trying to just like, you know, make themselves okay. Uh, mm -hmm. But they said, you know, that the Redskins traded for a name and not a top tier player. So well, we've seen that happen before. And we've seen guys who were big names get traded and do nothing. We've seen dudes who people say that about, oh, he's washed. And then they go out and perform like people thought they were. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'll, I do remember when we were young little lads and the Patriots picked up a washed up wide receiver from the Oakland Raiders who you told me was going to suck. And Randy Moss turned out to be pretty damn good. Yeah, he sucked in Oakland. <laughs> Dude, everyone sucks in Oakland. That's why yeah. Amari's going to be so good. <laughs> That's true. Everyone does suck. Except Crab. Balled That's out. That's true. He's Crab, though. That's undeniable talent. For Generational sure. talent. Um. So, yeah, they, they pick up HaHa ha Clinton Dix. I'll just say this. Whether or not their safety, I don't even know who their number two was next to DJ Swearinger, who's on, like, his second team, eight, third team now. Yeah. So... He's an upgrade, however you want to describe. Most definitely, it. most definitely. So it's a good move for them, and they are five and two. Andy, they are second in the NFC right now. Yeah, third in the NFC. Sorry, 
they're playing really well. I mean, I think honestly, I definitely think we could have beat that team. We played like absolute trash and still almost hung with that team. It's like our coach fucked us. Yeah, and oh man. So many things went wrong in that game. So um so yeah. The other thing is that the Giants, like we mentioned, man, the Giants are trying to sell everyone except for the seats in MetLife. Like a bag of peanuts, dude. <laughs> they put Janoris Jenkins up on the block. They put Landon Collins up on the block. They put they Olivier Vernon. They got rid of Snacks Harrison for a fifth, which is bargain basement prices. Um, I was actually pretty surprised that Landon Collins couldn't move. They wanted a second for him. No one offered more than a third. Well, um, they traded Eli Apple too. To yeah, they got rid of Eli Apple, which Good Eli Apple's a bum. Can we just talk about how bad the Giants are at drafting first round picks? Okay, let's examine you know, this. He had a stud rookie year, and they sort of Landon Collins, and then apparently that secondary just doesn't remember all the issues they had where they were all just shitting on each other last yeah, year. Yeah, I do remember that. He the, was at uh, the center of that, Eli Apple. I think that was a locker room move more than just about anything. So the Giants, obviously, you know, they drafted Saquon Barkley this year. We've had plenty of discussions about how, you know, probably would have been better to get a lineman or a quarterback. Saquon Barkley's super overrated. He got stuffed on the goal line again several times during that game. He that only plays does good not when they're up. Like Saquon Barkley. I no, he's an incredibly talented player as long as the Giants are down by 30 and the game doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean the guy averages less than 2.4 yards per carry when the game's on the line, and that's fine. I mean, if you want that guy, that's that's chill. I mean, I I love it personally because I hate the Giants, but in a vacuum, <laughs> he's not that useful. So but, but his fantasy numbers, bro. If you but if the Giants really wanted a generational talent at running back, they had an opportunity to get one in Todd Gurley because he went one pick after theirs. Do you know who they put picked one spot ahead of Todd Gurley? Was it Eli Apple? Oh, so much worse, Ben. Eighth overall, Eric Flowers. Oh God, he went that high. He went eighth in the I draft. He went first round, but Jesus, and he went crazy. one spot ahead of Todd. Gurley, bro. Todd Gurley has 15 touchdowns this year. The Giants have 14 touchdowns this year. Todd Gurley might be the first running back since old Adrian Peterson to win a MVP this year. Dude, he's a freak. I mean, everyone knows that I'll I'll talk about how Zeke's the bomb until the the cows come home. I I admit Todd Gurley is the man. And he's in a great situation. Like they use him correctly. Um and if you give a black guy named Todd, if you, if you give Sean McVay Zeke, I think he can be just as effective. But it's it's like Mahomes, right? It's like if you put Mahomes on the Browns, is he doing what he's doing right now? Probably not. Probably, I mean, maybe because he's a man. But perfect situation. He's doing more than Baker. <laughs> so, um, but yeah. So the the Giants tried to sell everybody. They couldn't move Collins. Um, you know. Already kind of a demoralized team. And like you said, the secondary has no end of issues as far as morale goes. I don't know what it's going to do when they're like, yeah, we were trying to sell you and we couldn't because you're a bum to Landon Collins. So they are out of it. They're way out of the picture. It's pretty much a three-man race in the NFC East. Um, It doesn't look like the NFC East as of now is getting a wild card. I mean, things could happen. Teams could go seven and one or this is a race. It's a race to nine or ten wins to win this division and everyone else is going home. So Cowboys, the way I view it, we're going to have to win 
four of our next six games. Well, you get the Eagles twice and the Redskins once. You win all three of them. Yeah. In good shape. But. We have to win four of our next six games, which is tough. We got tough games. <laughs> and then the last three are Colts, Tampa Bay, Giants. Should be able to beat those teams. So speaking of games, Goats, this week we travel to the land of – where does Tennessee play? No, we play in Dallas. Oh, we are in Dallas? Oh, scratch that. Okay, baby. That's why we win. We, Tennessee comes to the Death Star on Monday Night Football, meaning yeah, Jason Witten will be in attendance trying to get through a broadcast without people yelling at him. I hope none of you uh, bought the – $5,000 seats where you'll get to sit behind Booger and stare at that television. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that broadcast. Bro, I break that shit. Me and you went to, so quick story time. Ben okay. and I attended a Dallas Cowboys game in 2016, um, and we shelled out buku money to have the baller seats. We were sitting with all the Highland Parkers who like to golf clap and not yell. Um, and man, we were pretty close to the field, so we could definitely see where those seats would be. And we know how much those seats cost. I cannot imagine paying that much for a ticket and then having to not be able to see the field, dude. I would be livid, bro. Yeah, man. Just another misstep in ESPN for like a last decade. You were in high school and college. They were kings. We would just leave the sports center on for like 10 hours. Well, we, we had a television, the one that was in y'all's apartment at in Lubbock, the first one, not the second one. Yeah. Um, at trails yeah yeah so one night we turned off the tv and the espn logo was still like burned into the corner because it had been on for so many hours with the same espn logo in the corner that it had just like burned the lcd into it and it was just like all right cool well it's probably always going to be on either this or xbox anyway so we're good but like yeah man there was no alternative like i remember when nbc sports started and everyone was like why like yeah. you're gonna watch that or like Fox when they started doing like all their talk shows and expanding. Yeah. Everyone's like, huh. But man, ESPN is, they've lost their way, my man. They're doing tons of dumb shit. Loss of talent. They got into the mobile and the app world a little late. And yep. they just can't. They're not as cutting edge as they once were. They used to be the one-stop shop. And now people can go anywhere on the internet for what they want to watch. Yeah, I mean, you and I have both, you know, streamed m most of our live sports for more than a year now like it's just not that much of a draw and paying for an entire cable package just to get kind of subpar production out of espn like i can't imagine paying a bunch of money to have that espn plus app so i can watch jason witten bumble through a monday night football broadcast we still love you jason if you want I to love jason witten to death but he should strap on a helmet and come play cowboys only play one monday night game this year so technically jason could play for the team and still do Monday Night Football. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Speaking of the game he will be watching, we will be watching, we will be talking about the Tennessee Titans, and Andy calls them basically our AFC replica. I kind of called it the Jaguars, but maybe Tennessee is a pretty fair assessment as well. For you, a team with a highly touted offensive line that was underperforming, a somewhat mobile quarterback who was highly thought of as a rookie but has now turned to trash, a garbage wide receiver core, and an obsessive number of tight ends, none of which are any good. <laughs> who would you think I was describing? 
Uh, I hear you. At least we have elite running back. They struggle yeah, with that too. They they've uh they've really just kind of lost their way. When you were um, Derrick Henry and Demarco Murray were the, the best one-two punch and running dude, back football. They were, and they, I mean, and they have playmakers on the other side of the ball. Adoree Jackson is a good player, and they just kind of can't get it together. Yeah. So with that, we'll kind of get into into Tennessee. Um, what are they right now? Are they four and three somehow? Are yeah, they three? three and four. They're three second four, in the yeah. AFC South. Um, they started the season with a seven point loss to the Dolphins and then rattled off three straight wins by beating the Texans by three points, the Jags nine to six, and what must have been the worst football game ever put on television in the United States. Um, a 26 23 win over the Eagles. God, the Eagles suck with Nick Foles. A 13 to 12 game where they lost <laughs> against the Bills, and then a 21 to zero stomping by the Ravens. Uh, and then last week they lost by one point to the surprisingly pretty good LA Chargers. So they pretty much stick with everyone's what you're telling me. Their defense doesn't seem to allow that many points to anybody. No, the most they've allowed they've allowed 27 once, 26 once, and then uh, 21, 20, nine, 20 a handful of times. So um, when they play really bad offenses like the Bills. Uh, and the Jags, they can hold them pretty well. Um, they held uh, Carson Wentz to 23 points in his return game, so that was a pretty decent showing. Um, but they did allow the Dolphins to score 27. Uh, so yeah, they're kind of a they're very similar to us. They just can't seem to really get it together. Um, offensively, you know, they they had Mariota gone for a couple games. He's now back, but he has struggled mightily. He has three touchdown passes and five interceptions. Uh, receiving core wise, uh, their leading receiver is Corey Davis, who was a first round pick uh, a couple years back. He's got thirty first round pick last yeah. year. I think he was like third overall or something. Yeah, I, he was top five, I think, out of Western Michigan, I think. Um, and he's he has averaged about fifty yards a game. Um, he's got one ninety-five yards and a touchdown. That pretty quiet. Yeah, he was pick five last year. Yeah, so they've got they've got him. They've got Tajay Sharp, who's been a decent two. Yeah, two hundred twenty-two yards and a touchdown. Um, they have they only have three touchdowns by wide receivers. Um, so that's rough. Um, they have two running backs. You kind of evenly split carries. Deion Lewis and Derrick Henry. Uh. Deion Lewis is averaging about 3.8 yards per carry and has one touchdown. Derrick Henry is averaging about 3.3 yards per carry and has a touchdown. Uh, then obviously you have to watch out for Mariota. Uh, he's done some uh, RPO stuff. Uh, he's got 185 yards and a touchdown. So he averages about 30 yards a game. Yeah, their offense is nothing to be scared of at all. I'll put it this way for you, Andy. Have you seen the Vegas line for this game? I, the last time I saw it, the Cowboys were favored by six and a half points. That's correct. They're favored by six and a half, and we have the lowest over-under of the entire weekend for this game. What's the over-under? 41 points. Okay. No, that makes sense. So uh, they're pretty much expecting this to be like a 24 to 17 game. I mean, That would, that would actually be um, – that would be more than the, the Titans usually score. They average about 15 points a game, uh, 15.5 points per game, I think is their actual average. Our defense should dominate this game. Yeah. 
They should control this game. Uh, Jackson, I mean, Tennessee does have a decent O-line, and Mariota can run a little bit, but their running game has been pretty non-existent. They feature Derrick Henry, who's really fallen off this season and struggled, and Deion Lewis, who, wow, get this, Andy. It's like when a guy leaves the Patriots, they're not as good as when they were on the Patriots. Yeah, and they've, uh, they have two of those guys. They've got Deion Lewis, and on the defensive side of the ball, they have Malcolm Butler. Um, Super Bowl hero. He does have a pick this year. Um, so with him and a Dory Jackson, you'd think they have like a pretty nasty, uh, and they also went and picked up, uh, Kenny Vaccaro. So on paper, they've got some guys. I think the two guys you're actually going to have to watch for in this game, to be honest with you, are, uh, Jay and Brown and Jarrell Casey, uh, Jay and Brown. Uh, he is a linebacker. Uh, he's got himself. I want to say it's three sacks this year. Three sacks this year. Um, very capable player. And then Jarrell Casey, who's a D tackle. Um, this guy was a third round pick in 2011 out of USC. He's got three and a half sacks this year. Um, this guy's a good player. He's a pretty, pretty under the radar guy. Um, but he gets right around seven sacks every single year. He's been in the league. He's got 43 sacks since entering the league in 2011. Um, so he's definitely a pretty decent player. Um, offensive line is going to have to attempt to play better than they have <laughs> because uh, that's going to be the strength of this Titans team is trying to put pressure on Prescott and let Butler and Adoree ball hawk you in the secondary. Yeah, be, man, it'll be another slugfest. But for whatever reason, this offense looks better at home, Andy. They have all year. Dak seems to play better at home, runs a little more comfortably. This O-line performs way better at home. Uh, Zeke's numbers better. Like I said, across the board, this offense just plays much, much better at home. So I'm expecting them to control this. I'm expecting the defense to be good. And if you want to get into predictions, Goat, I'll go ahead and lay it out that I think this is our first – Big win of the year. I'm going 13 point victory. I'm going. Well, that would be our second big win of the year. The Jags. We'd be. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. But okay, yeah. But big point differential. I think I'm going 27 13 Cowboys. Okay, I like it. I like it. Um, I think so too, man. Um, I'm gonna say that the Cowboys win this one. Uh, 34 to 13. Uh. Cowboys defense will come up looking just as strong as they have. They're going to give up one touchdown, two field goals. Offense is going to look great. Um, let me ask you this, Ben. What are you looking for out of one Amarius Cooperus? Yeah, Amari Cooper debut. So it's interesting. You know, he's had a bye week, actually two bye weeks for Amari, getting paid for that. Nice. Um, I... I want to see him lead this team in snaps. I think they'll kind of slowly ramp him up, but I guess what I'm hoping for is about seven targets, five catches, over 50 yards, and a touchdown. I know that's, that's not key, but that's... Some receivers have had good days against this defense. Um, Kenny Stills had 106 yards and two touchdowns. Um, Will Fuller had 113 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Zach Ertz had 112 yards and a touchdown. Uh, so they've they've definitely uh, Crabtree had 93 yards and a touchdown. So they're giving up 
some pretty decent days to good wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, I expect to see them take some shots with Amari. Uh, and I think that doing that, what I'm really looking to see, honestly, is one, I want to see, does this line look better? Yeah. Than it did last time we saw them go out there. Two, will the extra time and protection allow Dak to get the ball to the receivers, including Amari? And will the addition of Amari open up opportunities for both other receivers and the running game? Um, if if Amari can go up on the first snap of the game, if um, if Amari can go long and Dak hits him for a big gain, that's going to force them to put Kenny Vaccaro over there or some safety over there. And that's just one less guy in the box, which I think can help Zeke out tremendously. He's not had holes to run through. He's getting hit in the backfield all the time. Um, I saw that... In our last like two games, Zeke's average point of contact is 1.3 yards behind the line of scrimmage. So Zeke's doing his very best, but it's very difficult for any running back to be successful when there's no hole and they're getting hit before they even get to the yeah, line. I just saw an alarming stat, too, that uh, he's facing less loaded boxes because teams aren't fearing an O-line like they used to, so they'd be able to get generate uh, – penetration without putting people in the box which is also making life tough for dallas yeah and and i mean he may not see like the loaded frames that he was before but if they're getting penetration it's the- well i know well penetration i mean will stop anyone i mean todd Gurley looked pedestrian in his second year with no line you know yeah. so we'll see i i expect a bigger day for zeke than i do amari for sure i mean zeke's still going to be the focal point of this offense moving forward. But yeah, I'd like to see Amari make a couple splash plays. I'd like for him to be your established one. Uh, We'll see what kind of rapport him and Dak have, but uh, I think we agree. Let's see Michael Gallup ball out. Once they, once the secondary is forced to like pay attention to one guy, let's see the uh, opportunities open up for Mr. Gallup. See if he can get downfield again. He had some opportunities last game, big touchdown could have had another one. I'd like to see him continue that trend. Yeah, me too. Me too, man. I I think this is a good game for them because, like I said, one, we've played everybody well at home, and we've won every home game when the last one dominate in fashion. So my fear is they'll look really good, we'll feel jazzed, and then we'll go on the road and just see that we haven't fixed any road. That is the roller coaster we're on. So that that is the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Like we said, we do play them on Monday night football uh, a week uh, from this previous Monday. So we've got like what, four or five days left. Um, so that's going to be an excellent game. I'm really stoked to see us play in prime time where the Cowboys belong. Um, so Ben, we do have a couple more items to get to one. You can some Reddit comments. Yes. Which I love. And then we actually have a Twitter question. Twitter from one of the fans, um, which we can go ahead and do now. Um, as you guys know, we do have a Twitter, uh, B underscore W underscore B underscore B. Uh, we love getting questions, comments from the fans. Okay, this comes to us from someone named Maddie Walker. Hmm. Interesting. Sounds like a good. Sounds like a, a good gal. She says, "Hi guys, I played your latest episode during a work happy hour. Thank you, Maddie, spreading the word of." Boys will be boys. A question from the female listenership. What is the relationship status of the co-hosts? So as much as it might seem, uh, we are not in a relationship. Um, Me and Ben are very close. (laughs) He wishes. But uh, again, yes. Not for a lack of trying, you know what I mean? 
We were uh, high school teammates. We've been best friends since we were in, what do you call it, fifth grade, sixth grade? Yeah, yeah, somewhere, somewhere around there. there. So we're coming up on two decades of friendship. Um, ben is the best man in my upcoming wedding. We're in Facebook. We're only 10 years friends. Well, that's what counts. But I'm assuming that what you really want to know is what is our relationship with our significant others. Um, so I am uh, incredibly fortunate to be engaged to a wonderful woman named Kathy. Uh, she lives in the frigid north of Connecticut and is the administrator of a senior living facility because she's a good person, unlike me. And instead of pursuing money, she uh, spends her life devoted to caring for the elderly. So love you, Cassie. Hope you're listening. Well, I have to go now. My yeah. girl's in the other room, so this is like more awkward. She'll know what to think about her. Um, yeah, I'm tolerating a very, very <laughs> nice redhead who uh, puts up with all my shenanigans. So I am taking as well, ladies, about five months now. We've been doing the thing. So uh, all everything going good, man, and I'm I'm a lucky man. I met her. She cool. Yeah, she, she I. There you go. So, Maddie, there's your answer. Thank you for playing the podcast at the latest company, Happy Hour. We love to hear that we're uh, getting getting some listenership out on the best coast. Uh, stay hella cool out there. Um, so, Ben, that is that is it for Twitter this week. Uh, now we get to one of my favorite portions of the show, the Reddit comments of the week. Um, I have two for you this week. Uh, favorite part. The first one comes to us. Uh, this was right after uh, they had put in Fitzpatrick into the Bucks game, and he had led a fierce comeback. Uh, Fitz magic, baby. You the can't thread, stop it. The thread is titled, What Do You Guys Think? Ooh, good, good. Crowdsourcing. Fitzpatrick is going to be an unrestricted free agent at the end of this year. I think anyone with half a brain can tell that he's at least twice as good at quarterback as Dak is. Hmm. Got some age on him, but I think this could be the guy that gets us over the top and gets us to the Super Bowl. Hmm. What would you guys be willing to pay this guy? So it's not even like, do you want this guy? It's like, how much money should we pay? Fitzpatrick? <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick has been on about 17 different NFL franchises at this point. And it's not been more than a stopgap solution for any one of them. And he does the same thing every time, which is he he comes in for your starter. He looks really good. And then as soon as he becomes the starter, he's trash. Yeah, I mean, he's he's never – I guess he had one really good year with the Jets in 2015. And even then he collapsed on the, on the way for them to – uh, I think they needed like one win to make the playoffs, and he had like a four-pick disaster game. Then they paid him for one year, and he sucked. And now he's – yeah, he's had a pretty good year so far. Uh, they're benching Jameis Winston, the pick machine again for him. But dear God, man, I can't imagine anybody being like, that's our guy. Yeah, that <laughs> would be man Ryan Fitzpatrick. That would be worse. That would be the worst. So that's one good one. The other one is from a thread called – What's wrong with Zeke? Huh. I don't know about you guys, but it seems like something's up with Zeke. He just doesn't run with the energy he used to. What do you guys think we could get for him in the trade market? I would flip him for a pick and a real running back. And the word real is in all caps. 
a real running back. Good, because not only is Zeke trash, but we want to get someone better than him and a pick back. Yeah, because, uh, you know, Zeke's only like what? Like <laughs> in the league in rushing, despite having some off games, like only a third year player who's made two Pro Bowls and is, should have been rookie of the year. He's like 24 years old. <laughs> Our fans are insanely dumb. Uh, so that's what I found on Reddit this week, Ben. I think people are just kind of floundering. Um, lots of chatter about how dumb we are for getting Amari Cooper and how he sucks, but I oh, we should have gone with one of those. We'll do that next time, fans. If he has a bad game, you'll hear it. Oh, boy, howdy, will you. So, Ben, that's kind of all I had for this evening. Do you have anything before we get out of here? Nope. Just ready for another Cowboys home win to excite the fan base and extend Jason Garrett's shelf life that doesn't ever go extinct. We win by more than 10 points. Do we lock him down now? You got to, man. You don't want to let that guy escape. Oh, all right, guys. So, yeah, we will be back uh, Tuesday after the Monday night game. You should get some quick feedback from us. It's nice to get a quick turnaround instead of having to wait two whole days after a game for a boys will be boys. You'll be able to hear it uh, almost within 24 hours. So that'll be pretty cool. Um, as always, guys, please rate and review the podcast. Make sure to leave us a comment uh, either on iTunes, on SoundCloud, or hit us with a Twitter question uh, like the lovely Maddie Walker did this week. Um, so, guys, as always, this is Andy Gatelli. Benjamin Walker. This has been Boys Will Be Boys. Take it easy. Happy Halloween. I got the game in a squeeze. Who disagree? I want to see one of y'all run up a beat. Yeah, two open seats. We flying at seven and path of the beach. Yeah, keeping it G. I told her don't win on 350s round me. I style. No stylish. No Chanel, Nike track, doing roll with some waps, and that's capo in the back, and that's roll in the back. Don't need Gucci on my back, TV Gucci got my back. Don't know where y'all niggas at. I've been here.